0: Today. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling
1: is all about really it's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think, you're selling a solution. You
0: are selling change. Welcome to the Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C level executives to help them future proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the Liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols.
2: What is up? Good evening, everybody. It's your boy, Jeremy Todd, as always. Welcome to the Liberty Lounge. I am so stoked tonight to have on uh, a new friend of mine uh, that I had the privilege of meeting. Uh, it turns out we come from uh, the same world in uh, selling Cutco. And, uh, you know, I know I talk about it a lot on this channel because that, that's where... I've met a lot of the greatest people when it comes to personal growth and development and sales is in that uh, Cutco world. Uh, But there, I I gotta tell you guys, because you already know, there are four different types of people uh, in the world of Cutco when you talk about Cutco. There's people who tried it, kinda sucked at it, and quit right away. There's people who were good at it and moved on pretty quickly. There's people like me in the third group who weren't very good at it, but still stuck with it because it it, it made you, it was like school of hard knocks, and you got a lot of good experience from it. And then there's this guy, Hall of Famer. I'm going to have to ask him what his career sales is because I forgot, but this dude is great at closing the sale, building value, doing all those things. Get hyped for my boy, Steven Decker. Steven with a PH. What is up, my man. man? What's up, man? How's it going? So you are in Vegas right now, right? Just leaving a a business gift event. Uh, So... Uh, that's, that's why the, the hotel background, I figured I'd excuse that for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looks the, lovely yeah. though, man. Looks, lo- lo- you know? Yeah. Only lo- the best. Looks-
1: it's
2: the hotel <laughs> kings. That's what it is. Lo- looks lovely, man. So, uh, introduce yourself to the good people who don't know you, uh, to drop your career sales if you want. And, yeah. um, yeah, man. Uh, and then once you get done with that, tell us how you found sort of the Liberty movement and your position in politics
1: yeah for sure so uh uh my name is steven decker uh steven with a ph uh, on twitter uh, cutco Stevo, so all of my uh, all of my cutco clients and, uh, and and people in that world um yeah so i uh, i started selling cutco like uh almost 12 years ago maybe 12 years ago in june and uh, i was a mailer uh so i got one of those letters in the mail saying hey we're okay. opening up a cutco yeah. office 15 dollar base pay blah, blah blah all that good Fun stuff, uh, and at the time I was mm-hmm. flipping burners, and I was, yeah, you know, just kind of like, hey, you know, don't really know what this is, uh, but I went in and you know gave it a shot, and I was like, hey, this this kind of you know this is kind of cool. Uh, it was really yes. funny because like actually my my first customer that uh, that I made my first sale with was uh, was actually uh, just a good family friend that like we went to church with, and she, whenever I asked her uh, to do a demo, she was like, wait, you're selling Cutco? And I was like, yeah, what you've heard of it? And she's like, my dad sold that whenever he oh, was nice. your age. And my mom still has the set. So I didn't yeah. really need to get it because right now I'm just like waiting for her to die. Um, yeah. Like <laughs> um, so it was, it was really, really cool. Just kind of getting <clears> that uh, like first experience and like that product conviction, like right off the bat with Cutco. Um, I kind of went like floated in and out of the, the job. I, I did the management thing. I was sales manager uh, for a guy for a year. Ran a branch office, one of the uh, worst branch offices in the history. Of yeah, uh, Cutco's had some bad ones, and I was really, I was really in the wrong. Um, and then uh, did uh, took a little bit of a break from Cutco. Um, oh really? Just like stopping working. Uh, I was just yeah. really, really uh, not motivated to, to kind of do anything. And my parents were like, "You got to get a job." And I was like, "Oh, I sell Cutco," and they're like, "Do you?" Do um, you? <laughs> I yeah. was like, "Oh wait, no, I, I kind of don't." So, um, actually, like just the resume experience, I was able to get another uh, job as a sales manager um, for Target Mobile, selling cell phones. Oh, there. yeah! So it was uh, super fun. Um, I was very, very good at it, but man, it's, <laughs> retail is a whole different thing. And yeah. uh, just the way that they operated, I was like, this, this place is just run by morons. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I refused to deal with it, so I went back to the the independent thing and kind of yeah. had a, a little little rough patch there getting back into it and then uh hit my kind of like come to Jesus moment where I was like, all right, we're gonna really give this thing a fair shot. I uh, started doing yeah. like sales full time. Uh got out of uh, got out of doing the the manager stuff. Um and uh yeah, so just kinda been doing it since uh, twenty fourteen, I think was the year that I okay. kinda got back in doing full time sales. Um yeah, almost two million in career sales right now. I'll be creeping Jeez. up on yeah. that here in the next uh, next, next month or so. Um, it's come along a lot faster than I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Frankly, I didn't think it would happen. Uh, right. If we're, uh, if we're being honest, I didn't know that knife salesman was a job that you could get. Whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever I was a kid, they were just like, it's, "Yeah, it's like doctor, lawyer, engineer. You just pick one and then you right dedicate your life to it." Uh, so yeah, they told me knife salesman was a uh, an option. I would have skipped college. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was yeah. uh, it's it's so great because like this job, like and you know like Cutco is the college kid job, uh, yeah. And now I have kind of made it my like secret mission within Cutco to just like, just kind of like if I can get one or two kids to just drop out of college, I will. Have, oh, I will it. have I will have done the Lord's work. Yeah, uh, in yes. that. But so I'm just trying to find the right ones. You know, it's just like ah, plant those. Yeah. Seeds. Uh, yeah,
2: it, yeah it's fu- it, it's funny uh, w- w- one of the things that uh, when we go around for Cell liberty and uh, do these presentations at conventions and stuff we w- what's funny is we talk about the power of two and how if each one of us just focused on targeting one or two people, amazing yep. the numbers that that trickle from that so. Yeah, that's fine. Oh no! I got a got a couple kids
1: that uh, I think could be could be libertarians in the making.
2: That uh, hell yeah, dude. Let on. me let me say this: uh, two million. I I started in 07. I became a branch manager in summer of 08. So it was January of 07, summer of 08. Opened my first branch office in Beaumont, um, and. Dude, th- like two million was unheard of. That was John ruling yeah. at the time, right? Yeah. Like now, how many people are over five? Dude, so here's the thing:
1: it's it is a, it's a crazy thing, and I kind of think of it in terms of like it's like the hockey stick of like when you look at the progression of technology over time. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and like you were saying on, on the intro, like so many of the most amazing salespeople, most amazing personal growth and development people are in Cutco. Like that is like that is a true. Fact, like yeah. so so much like there is there's so much uh there is so much just raw talent and like refined talent in a big way within Cutco that we have just like over the past several years I've been very, very lucky and very very blessed to like come into this business at a like a very pivotal time. Uh, where the sales position as a career position mm-hmm. is really taking off, where it was it was unheard of. It was one of those things yeah. where it was like we like the first person to do double Hall of Fame, where it was Hall of Fame as a manager and a rep, was Tom Ostrello. Um, yeah, and uh, and he was the he was the guy that taught me to do uh, sales in the booth. Um, and yeah, and but like that was that was kind of the the metric for it. And if you were a full time salesman, you were selling maybe a hundred hundred grand yeah. a year, hundred grand a year was yeah. a big deal. I remember like the first year in Huge that deal. I went to uh, the the rep was selling. I think like one hundred twenty five grand was a silver cop for a rep. Yeah, um, yeah. And now at that level, it's like if <laughs> bro. Like, if I remember or four hundred. You're not in the game,
2: right? I remember Curtis J. Hughes selling yeah. that, and we were all like, he sold a million. What? He sold, he sold Hold- like one point. Two million last year, or something like that. Of course, he did. That's insane. By himself. By, and he, here's ins- the thing
1: he was second place. <laughs> he, he, he came in second. Who beat Other him, Josh? There's another. No, uh, it was uh, Rob Robertson. Uh,
2: okay, I've never team. heard of that guy. Yeah, no. so he's been in the business for
1: forever. Uh, he, he does the business gift stuff like him.
2: So, oh, gotcha. Like, okay.
1: It is, yeah, big, big orders, all that good stuff. Um, Very, good. But yeah, it's it's it is crazy, but it is kind of it is really unique how the position has really taken off and the innovation has really been the thing. And honestly, I think that's what kind of just tying this into liberty. That's what kind of attracts or attracted me to sales and doing this mm-hmm. as a full time thing because I think sales really kind of is like one of the most libertarian professions. Whenever hundred percent, it, comes 100%. To it. it yeah. is the it is the the voluntary exchange of goods and services. It is yeah. the uh, it is it is people coming together in in the ultimate acts of cooperation, uh, you know, making things happen. It's like business, mm-hmm. uh, you know. If, if 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 business just got to run the world instead of the government, like we'd be in a lot better right. place, you know. Yeah, uh, and it's and and so it's like we have all these great people, and it's it's not to say that there aren't those shitty salespeople and those those scummy salespeople, but that's again just kind of the part of the libertarian thing where we're not we're not offering the cure of, of the utopia. We don't believe that like. Government's abolished the utopia it's will be right. Um it's it's just like no, it's just like we're solving just one big problem. That's that's all yeah, we're yeah. that's all
2: we're trying to do. And we're putting um, you in charge. We're putting right? you like, in charge, exactly. Which is what uh, a lot of people are scared of. I, I like to say oh, commie I, I like to say commies and commission don't mix. What they think they do, right? Because that's what commies want. They want they want to be in charge. They want to seize the means of production. It's like motherfucker, have you ever worked for commission? You you wouldn't wouldn't know what the means of production. If you exactly, it doesn't. You you will starve, and that's why they do. Because the reality is, is you can seize the means of production right now and go work a hundred percent commission job, but none of them are going to do it. Because yeah. it's hard and, and you have to take 100% responsibility. So I, I'm interested in uh, what you talked about, that journey of, of leaving and then coming back, committing to full-time sales and sort of getting your act together. What are, for folks out there uh, who are maybe, they're, they're not in the best habits, they're maybe trying or struggling to make some changes that's a huge change to go and make that commitment to say my career is going to be 100% commission and I have to go out and get my paycheck every single day what are some things that you implemented that uh, really set you on this path to to Hall of Fame and success yeah um, man I'll (coughs) say it's been a journey I feel like Mm -hmm. the last uh
1: it it really has been like kind of the last year or two that i've even like kind of like really gotten my shit together in a way i feel like comfortable with it's it's (laughs) it's so funny because it is such a it it is such a process um and and it kind of happens in in phases almost i think and so it, it, it is one of those things that you have to implement over time and just realize that like the the you know the best version of yourself is not gonna pop out tomorrow like you're not gonna right. be that person tomorrow but uh, you can be you know like one percent better than you were today uh, yeah. at, you know even one percent better at just one area of your life um, yeah and yeah so that that is the thing is like I, I think a, a big thing for me has just been trying to build uh, build good habits and that has been something that is like you know really really hard and, and a lot of times it's it's kind of the way that I've approached it is almost like tricking yourself into good habits.
2: Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, okay. we're, we're,
1: bribing yourself into good habits. All or, right. Or just
2: you know, give me an example. Tri- so yeah, I like, so, I like where that's going. Expand on that. So,
1: so here was, so here was my thing. Uh, so when 2020 happened, everything shuts down, uh, right. all of my shows get canceled. Mine basically my job is talking to people. Uh, yeah. and, uh, The the government said, hey, no, you can't talk to people. Uh, Don't (laughs) don't go talk to people." So uh, so I was just kind of like shut up in my house. I was watching Tiger King. I was eating Rice Krispie Treats. I was just wasting away. And uh, and so I got to the point where I was like, all right, I got to do something like I can't just like sleep until whenever I want to wake up and then go to bed whenever I feel like sleeping, because this is not, you know, it's not working. Um, and so I was like, "All right, I need to wake up earlier in the morning." I've never been a morning person in my life. I have
2: always Same. always wanted to
1: sleep in. Uh, yep. That was one of my pitfalls as a branch manager. Was uh, yep. my, my, poor, <laughs> uh, my poor alarm clock. Uh, just yeah, beat to death bed on troubles. A button. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's like I, I was like, "All right, I need to wake up earlier. I need to like give myself some reason to wake up." So I made a deal with myself. I was like, "All right, if you wake up." Um, and leave for a walk, like just go on a morning walk. Uh, there was like a little, a little stretch, like through my neighborhood kind of circled around. Uh, it was about like three, three and a half miles. Uh, I can do it, in a, you know, like about an hour, uh, pop in a podcast, you know, a Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson lecture, a, you know, just an audio book, something, and, and just kind of go. Right. So it was like, all right, if you get up by 9am, get on a walk, go for a walk on the way back Like tail end of the walk, there's a Starbucks. Stop at the Starbucks, get yourself a nitro cold brew, uh, and you know drink that on your uh, your last last little bit of the walk. And so I successfully tricked myself over over the course of uh, a couple months into becoming a morning person. I did addict myself to Starbucks. So once again, it's there's no solutions, only trade offs. Right? Exactly. Um. So, but. but it's it's good because it's like now now it's like my body clock will wake me up at like seven or eight in the morning just yeah. on, a, on a whim, uh, and and I've kind of established a, a better habit around that. And then also I like in the process of that I just kind of like found um, found something that I like doing. It's just like hey I, I got outside. I was able to you know get a little bit of sun, get some of that vitamin D that's so important right now. Yeah. Get some of uh, that fresh air and and you know exercise. Like walking is it's a great exercise. I think that's yeah. part of. Uh, part of a lot of the way that i was just like walking every day because i had nothing else to do
2: yeah yeah dude that that's phenomenal so uh i really love the idea of self incentivization um Mm -hmm. i hear it a lot um but it's it's you know it's i I, there are obviously some some obstacles with it but uh it's clearly effective in the people that have done it um i want to i want to drop this in and turn you on to it because it's something that i'm probably going to write a book about and do some some research work on uh it's it's Victor Vroom's uh expect, expectancy theory and basically what it says is employees or workers or yourself you look at a situation and you go can I actually do this do I have the like if it's loading groceries in a car do I have arms right mm-hmm. do I have the right so can I do it and then if I do it will it yield an outcome and then if I yield that outcome, do the incentives outweigh the, the, the work itself, the, the punishment? And it's sort of a three-step thing when looking at. So it's really interesting to hear that even something as small as like that Starbucks payoff is enough a lot of times if, if what the habit you're trying to build is simple enough and easy enough, you go, okay, this is something I can commit to small. This is something I can commit to that if I do it, I know I'm going to get, I, I'm going to be able to accomplish this outcome. And then the incentive is, is worth it. Um, and yeah, and the thing, it's, honestly, the thing I was tricking myself <clears throat>
1: into was something that I actually enjoyed
2: doing. Right. It wasn't yeah. something that was
1: laborious. It was <laughs> right. I like taking walks. You, walks right.
2: right. just not in the morning. Right. yeah. Uh, but uh, no, that, I I think that's phenomenal. But I think the the takeaway is is that we oftentimes we set out on these big journeys and we think, okay, the only way to do this is to set big goals and how to accomplish them. And then it's it we sort of trick our we we do the opposite of what you did, which is we trick ourselves into thinking, well, it can't be done. I don't have the ability to 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 get up every morning and yeah. what if I've got a, or, you know, and if, if so, I do it, is it even going to work? Does walking yeah. work? Does it block? It, we, we, we play this negative feedback loop instead of if you start small, like you did, you can create a sort of a positive feedback loop.
1: Yeah. And the the thing is like, and, and one of the things like, uh,
2: I I'll probably mention Jordan Peterson quite a bit. Sure. He has
1: been a huge influence on, on my life. Like the 12 rules for life I'm going through beyond order right now. I'm like halfway through I have to finish it before, uh, I go see him speak on Wednesday. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like he, like one of the things that he talks about, uh, and I think it's rule six, um, and I'm trying to remember what it is, but, but basically the premise of it is like whenever you're setting these goals, you set these giant goals and I would do this in Kaka whenever I first started, uh, like whenever I first started, I was just, I was a terrible <clears throat> rep. I was yeah. a terrible <laughs> rep um, like I was like, I was talented. Like I've always had kind of the, the knack for sales and the knack for talking. I've been a theater kid for all my life. I was selling Boy Scout popcorn and doing the thing with right. the magazines where I keep three dollars of everything that I sell, like, all, like I've been doing sales stuff for forever. Uh, and so it's like I was good at it, but I was good at it so inconsistently just because I was a terrible, terribly disciplined person. But right. the thing was, like you would you set these big goals and then your mind focuses on the gap between you and the thing that you want to accomplish. And so it's focusing right. instead of like, you know, on like it, you, you're like, I always need to look at my goals so I can see what I'm striving for. Yeah, right? it's like, you're not seeing what you're striving for. You're seeing the gap, the insurmountable gap between you and what you actually want, instead of looking at, hey, what's the next step that I need to take up? Yeah. Um, and so like, It's it is that thing of like if you're climbing a staircase, you don't need to like focus your attention at the top of the staircase. You need to focus your attention at the the next thing. And then realizing also just the the like everybody if you take any like financial (coughs) or listen to you know, people talk about money, they're always talking about compounding interest. And compounding interest is like you know, one of the most powerful forces in the world, but there's also like the compounding interest on actions and habits that you have. And so if you do these things over and over again, you build this muscle memory within yourself, not only that, but just like the compounding interest of the good things that, that you do, uh, they they end up, you know, making things fall into place so much quicker. It's like they yeah. uh, they, they just explode up. It's that hockey stick kind of curve thing because it's like yeah, – yeah. and even even if I look at my sales, it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's like over the past – Couple years, and I think twenty twenty kind of had a good help with this because it it forced us all to pull back and then Mm -hmm. really get like back down to the basics of like okay, hey, like if you want sales, you have to you have to really want sales. And so, so it was one of those things where um, where like I went from my best year ever being two hundred ninety six thousand dollars to selling like four twenty five last year. Oh, jeez, wow! It was just like this insane just wave of like all of the the work that I've been doing, like the compounding interest is starting to to accrue. And so yeah. like that that applies to every part of your life, whether it's sales, whether it's weight loss, whether it is like personal growth and development, whether it's like learning and and being competent at a skill,
2: uh, yeah. you know,
1: like anything like that.
2: It's just yeah. it gets easier as you do it more. It reminds me of a a couple things, like the ten thousand hour rule. Number one uh, of the law of mastery, and it it, it's almost like when uh, a drag racer, you know, you've got a really powerful car, and at first, when you step on the gas pedal, you are spinning your wheels, but then all of a sudden it catches, and it it, it just it it, it takes off. Yeah, it reminds me of, dude. I was not only, I, I was I played football. All of my life like from mm-hmm. the moment i was five years old all the way through high school and yep. for the for all but the last two years i was awful like always the worst player on the team and then all of a sudden i hit a growth spurt i make a position change and i'm all state two years later yeah and, and a permanent team captain all these accolades uh, and, and all this stuff—it reminds me of that. Is that there's a lot of ugly, dirty work you got to be willing to put in, uh, yeah. but eventually, it—it's do- it, like no action goes unrewarded, uh, almost. Right. When, it, when you're doing uh, no right action,
1: ends. no no action goes unrewarded, and no action goes unpunished, goes unpunished. No
2: right? No right? action.
1: No action. Every action has an equal and opposite reason. <coughs> right. No, it, no. it just um, may
2: not happen right away yeah
1: exactly so something is that that action is going to do something but no it yeah is,
2: that's another thing that i I've,
1: I've been realizing is like you can there there are so many options but it is like a there's so many things that you can do and so many things that you can accomplish but i think so many people don't get there because it is such a process and we don't mm-hmm. like whenever we think about these things we kind of romanticize them in our heads and we want them to we want them to look a certain way And so we create this expectation of like, oh, this is how this should look when the way that it's going to actually manifest in your life is, you know, maybe not the way that you thought it was. going to. And so and and it's also going to the path there is going to look different than what you thought it was going to be. So uh, learning that it is a process, there are phases to this thing and and like. It, it is a uh, it is something that you really do have to work at it, and like when you see these successes that you want to emulate, you're not seeing the ten thousand hours. Uh, you know, yeah. you're not seeing the the, the all the That's sleepless true. nights. You're not seeing yeah. the uh, the sleeping in your car because <clears throat> you're you know trying to get to a show across the you know across the country and don't have absolutely hotel room. Like you're not like those are the things that you're, you're <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. But yeah. So let, let me ask you this as uh, as we talk about sort of creating these habits and these, uh, as Michael Bromowitz likes to call them, TADS, the tiny actions daily. Um, does somebody have to know where they're going and what they want to do and have those big goals in order to start taking the actions? Or can somebody <laughs> just say, I'm going to work on becoming this person and see where it takes me? Yeah. Yeah. Um... You don't have to know, like,
1: no, you don't have to know what you want. And I think a lot of the times we don't, like, we don't know that we don't know what we want. Yeah. Um, and and that's the thing where it's like, you, the kind of going back to the, like, we think it should look a, a certain way. It's like, you don't have to know what you want, but a lot of times, really all you need to know is what you don't want.
2: Yeah, it's like, no, that's I, I, I
1: knew that I didn't want to, you know, just like, keep just sleeping in all the time Mm -hmm. and like not really remembering what day it was and just kind of like letting life happen. Like I, like that, that wasn't what I wanted. And so it's like, okay, we gotta, we gotta switch it up. Let's do something. Um, and, and that's the thing. A lot of times it is just like the, the doing something. It's the ready fire aim approach where you just kind of have to to find something that, uh, find something that, you know, interests you or something that stimulates you, something that, uh, you know, makes you like something that does challenge you you know, in yeah. some kind of way. And it doesn't have to be something that's like physically challenging or mentally challenging, or like you can choose what kind of challenging it is. But uh, even if it is just something that like, like I like building Legos, like okay. it's not All right. it's not challenging, but it's, it's almost like therapeutic in a way. And it is uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of this thing where you can kind of get in a little flow with it. And it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and so, just just stuff like that, where it's like you don't have to know what you want to do, um, just do something, you know? Yeah, take some action. Uh, yeah, I freaking and, love that, man. And this is this is another thing that I'm finding. And speaking of like writing a book, I'm 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 i have decided that I'm going to write a book as well. Uh, and the working title is: Did you know they'll let anyone just write a book? Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I love it. And the the general theme is just like it's all made up. Yeah, and and yeah. I think that is where a lot of like my my like liberty uh uh and, and libertarian you know tendencies come out is just realizing that it's like, oh, this is all made up. And yeah, once the veneer no drops experts. of that like this is all just people that know that like they they are just as competent or less competent or maybe a little more competent than me, but there are people that are in way higher positions of authority or power or legitimacy than I have that are so much dumber Dumber. than you think (laughs) they are and once you see Uh, the amount of like just mental inadequacy and that these people have that are in these amazing positions of power it gives you this sense of just like oh if they can fake it that hard like I can make up something (laughs) that is even better like right. if they can, like, and, and everything is it's made up. Every work, business right? yeah. that is ever uh, that is ever in existence right now was just an idea in someone's mind. You know, it yeah. was just somebody being like, "Hey, I want to do this thing, and so I'm just gonna make up a name for it, and I'm going to, you know, what? I'm too lazy to make up a name. I'm just going to use my name and put <laughs> incorporated on the end of it. Yeah, and then I'm going to just do this thing." And I'm just gonna tell people that I do this thing and I'm gonna exchange money for goods and services. Like, it's just, it's all made up. And once you kind of get past that barrier of like, oh wait, no, I can just make something up. Mm -hmm. And I can literally make something up and and make it into something real. Uh, Right. It's a a pretty, uh,
2: it's, Dude, I what strange. a white pill. I've never right? thought about it like that, but that's a yeah. hell of a white pill. Because you're right, I, and you, you touched on this earlier. It's sort of that first shock and awe of leaving Cutco and going into the corporate world and going, holy shit, these people are – Often they're stupid. Every how day. yeah, yeah. It, it's like, how on earth are these my peers? Yeah. And it's the reality is they're not. You have you've put in the dirty work, you've gone through the the growth that that, that the company Cucko provides, and I'll, like I'll tell you it, two it's two just it's, it's shocking. Yeah, dude, please.
1: Games. Um, so and one of them is my entry into this business, and one of them involves my exit out of this business. Okay. <laughs> so All right. my entry into this business, I started doing my training uh, with this, uh, with this store manager at like one of the big stores in our, in our district or whatever district. And so, uh, so he was like one of the top three guys consistently. And I went to train with him, um, to just like, you know, see the process and, you know, learn the, the software and the system and all that shit. And so I go to train with this guy and I think his name was like Nathan. And, uh, he's like a 35 year old guy and he has a ponytail and it's not a good ponytail <laughs> and it like i think he was kind of like bald on top and then it was the ponytail <laughs> down yeah. the back and so um, and i was just like awesome. and and i literally i i this is my this is basically like my first or like you know weekend on the job or first week on the job and i'm just like i am not going to last here because yeah. i don't want to be that yeah. Um And so, like, just seeing that immediately, I kind of, like, knew I was ready for an exit before I even really fully got into it. But it was so funny because I got into the job. I was really good at the job. Like, we crushed it. Like, I oh, felt yeah. like we, like, I was able to, like, I didn't even know, I didn't even know how good I was at sales because I was so mediocre in terms of the Costco sales people that I was around that when I went into the real world. <laughs> You're uh, like, with, got like these, these guys, I got him. Number one. Like, Wow, like this, yeah, no, like I was consistently I was consistently beating it in, in the uh, the rankings and it was yeah. so funny because he had like, he was like, oh, you're in that store. That's yeah, that's one of our like smaller stores, like hopefully you can get out of it at some point
2: and get to like a super target. <laughs> and then and boom, boom, like, boom. Oh, man, yeah,
1: yeah, someday I'll get out of this store and into a super target. <laughs> that's uh, the and then the other the other story was that like, yeah, it is all made up because uh, Target made up this promotion for iPhones. Um, mm. And they, uh, it was a really good promotion. So people were like, yeah, obviously I'm going to do this. And we ran out of iPhones, uh, really, really quickly. And one of the things that the, the management within the company was always big on was just like, Hey, we want you guys to succeed. You know, we're, we don't cap commissions. Like we, we, we have a tiered system. So it's like, the more you sell, the more you make, it's going to be great. And it's like, awesome. Cool. Heck yeah. Like, let's go. And then they didn't ship me phones for a week and a half. Jesus, Christ. like I ran out of iPhones in the first weekend, and they didn't ship me phones yeah. for a week and a half. And I'm like, okay, so you don't got my commission, but you but, somehow can't find an iPhone in the yeah. DFW Metroplex. This seems a little fishy. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, it is just like it is. It's all made up, and it like, is. You it, just got to find the people that that make it uh, that make it the way that you like. You know, I,
2: I I have a very similar story to that happening right now. Um, oh. So I'm I, I've I as we talked about on the rooftop, I've moved into banking. I was mm-hmm. like number one in the southeast for Wells Fargo before all the shit happened. Um, we didn't do any of that sketchy stuff in the southeast. That was a, a really a West Coast problem when it came down to it. But oh yeah, I've um, heard fun so I just about Wells Fargo. <laughs> <sighs> it was it, like i could get like when the stories came out i wasn't surprised but I, I knew nobody in like that i worked with was was participating in anything like that it's like um, being like dude but, no i'm serious man i just right, dude right it's I'm just it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I it's a, but you, you want to know what drives me crazy steve let me tell you what drives me crazy so i get i i get hired My at wells i i I had, uh, I had left car sales uh, mainly because of the hours, and I landed at Wells, and they, they roll out these sales goals, and I'm like, okay, they're like, what do you mean? Aren't you? Um, it's a free fucking checking account. It costs nothing to open. Like people don't have to give me money. It's it's free. It's money from us that we lend them. Like this is not difficult. Like I don't right. think you understand. I've had to take people's money you before. Be shady this is you money. don't. And that was what shocked me. I was like, how awful are you at your job that you have to lie to hit goals for? You know, check it so, yeah. It, it, anyway so I, I I start this new job, right? And it's my first month in production, and I am number one uh, by a lot. Uh, and and all the people that they had talked up for like my two months of training uh, are 70% of me, 60% of me. I'm just absolutely crushing them. And <clears throat> what I find funny is starting month two, the person who still has the same job as me at a different location has to go fill in somewhere else. So they send me to go fill in for him and this store, I mean, like, I know we joked about it earlier. This store gets no customers. Nobody walks in the door. Like the, we're all just sitting on our phones all day. And I'm like, are you doing this? to sort of protect your golden gooses that you've been working on because i embarrassed them week one dude it is right. insane how often that happens in the corporate world it drives me crazy yeah anyways well, we'll I, I i'll get off of that tangent that's a negative
1: thought. no but that's the, <laughs> that's the thing to remember though is that like you know we like we're you know us in the business where we, we like to say as libertarians, like if business people got to run the world, it's like, we'd you know, be in a lot better position, but it's, yeah. you know, it's not to excuse the, the, the shitty business people that still are out there. That, there are a lot, you know, the yeah. people that literally like, you know, there are things out there that are based on politics. And so, yeah. uh, you know, even in the corporate world and, and, and that's, that's something that we just have
2: to live with, but yeah. we just want to live in the world where those people don't
1: also have.
2: The yeah. You've got to, You've you so, what what I've learned is not not just say it's business people, but lean on incentive structures, right? Yeah, like people pe- people thing. will people will chase incentive structures, and somewhere along, if you guys hear that beeping, that's my washer um, finishing up a, a load of clothes. But Wait, uh, so if you're if, not if you, in an immaculate studio I'm not in. Well, no, <laughs> there's <laughs> there the, we do laundry in the Liberty Lounge here in the town oh, okay. house. Okay, so yeah. uh no the um. But but what, what you find interesting is like good companies structure their incentives to reward merit, hard work, accomplishment, results, things like that. Bad companies are structured to reward tenure, relationship, loyalty, and things like... And if you said tenure, relationship, loyalty, all of those things, most people would say, oh, those are good qualities to have. But when a company bases their incentive structure off of it rather than outcomes and results and performance, what you actually get is a lot of dirty, sort of shitty politics, man. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah, incentive structures is where you find it all.
1: Yeah. And just like you were saying, it's like those, those characteristics... Are not bad characteristics. It's just about how those characteristics are applied uh, and yeah. what 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 context those characteristics are being used in. If it's like, yeah. hey, uh, we're doing business together because we've always done business together, uh, no matter you know how bad I am at business, then mm-hmm. that's not a good mm-hmm. place to be lo- be loyal to someone. Uh, yeah. but you know, there's always always those other places where it's like, hey, loyalty is 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 a very important and very honorable character trait to have. So. It's uh, so, making sure that we get those things in the right context.
2: So let, let's talk about that because there's um, th- this comes up a lot in sales. And, and one of the things that uh, I'll shoot it over to you. I did a, a four part series on it, um, but it's it, it, there's there's one it, and not on sale. Liberty on the Brian Nichols show plug there, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's called values based empathy. And basically it, it ties into sort of your discovery uh sort of your uncovering needs part of your sales process where you are not just finding out where their problems are and what their problems are but why they choose to and how they see value in those issues and problems so one of those is liberty oppression that's how we see the entire world politically as libertarians are people free to to choose or are they forced to to have choices removed liberty oppression right but there, the rest of the world operates on uh, mostly these other six value sort of heuristics and one of those is is about loyalty and, and betrayal so uh that this can be seen in like uh the way the maga crowd turned on mike pence like immediately because they're like you're supposed to be our guy you're supposed yeah. to be loyal to us by doing your job you're betraying the real patriots whatever right right uh that, that that's sort of an example of it so <clears throat> a lot of times people will form politically these identities of i am this or this is who and it, that that's why i think a a lot of the woke stuff has kind of caught on because it gives people a way to say this is my identity. I'm a he, they, by like all of these identifiers, right? That that say to the world, "Here's who I am," uh, rather than what we believe, which is just you're you're you, you're an individual. When it comes to sales and, and sort of backing people out of those positions that have become their identity, I remember being at fairs and shows and uh, people would come up and they'd go, oh, I don't spend money on nice stuff. We're just poor old white folks and you know whatever we would hear all these excuses about like well we don't buy expensive things we're not expensive people we're not lavish people and cocoa by the way is a premium product that comes with a, a, a per, that can have a little sticker shock to folks sometimes what when somebody comes up to you and says this product on first glance doesn't match my identity as a person what are some things that you do to sort of roll that back a little bit and you know, it's not always going to match their identity. Some people, it's 1080 10 rule, right? Yeah. But with the, for those in the middle that can be swayed, how do you help people shift their identity that they claim to have and show them the value and what you have to offer?
1: Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's kind of connecting it. It has to, you have to connect it with values that they already have. Uh, because mm-hmm. so, you know, like when people say they don't like to spend money on stuff, you can normally find something and except with those like 10% of people you can normally yeah. find something that they really like to splurge on. You know, they can, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, cool. I'll have, I'll have ladies all the time that'll walk up and, you know, they're asking me how much my set of knives are. And I'm like, oh yeah, this one we have it on sale for 1400 bucks. And she's like, what? That is so much for knives. And I'm like, man, like your purse, like, yeah, Louis Vuitton <laughs> bag is worth more than our complete set. Yeah. So like, I mean, like you obviously like nice things. Uh, right. And so it's it's it, it can be connecting them with things that they already uh, kind of value in that way or just reframing kind of their perspective on stuff and, and offering like I, I like to offer my clients stuff, especially whenever they're really uh, hesitant to, to spend good money on knives. It's like, here's the thing you're you're scared about or, or you're having this this issue with spending this money on knives because you're comparing this to this, to the knives that you have at home. Like yeah. you're thinking that's what, that's what you're getting. You're thinking about what <clears throat> knives are to you and you know, you're thinking that's what you're getting for $1,400, but it's, it's yeah. not, you're getting such a different thing. Yeah. Like I, I share my experience with my customers a lot where I'm like, Hey, I was the same way when it came to nice sunglasses. I would never mm-hmm. buy a pair of nice sunglasses that like, I would never spend more than $20 on a pair of sunglasses. I would get them at the gas station all the time because I yeah. was like, no, like why would i spend more money on these sunglasses they always break i'll lose them like they just they're like they're just basically disposable and i was like no they break and you lose them because you didn't spend you, you didn't, didn't buy care. the nice ones yeah uh and so like my buddy made me go buy a 80 like i ended up spending 80 or 90 dollars <laughs> on a pair of yeah. polarized sunglasses uh yeah. and I had the worst buyer's remorse immediately because I bought them at like <laughs> six o'clock at night, and so yeah. like, I didn't get to even use them. Uh, but then, like, I started using them, and like a week went by, and uh, I was actually at an OU—I was at the OU Texas game oh, yeah. uh, at the uh, the State Fairgrounds, and uh, I had the sunglasses on, and I was like, this is like watching the game in HD, uh, and it was like I, it was such a good experience that I was like, oh my gosh! And now it's like I don't care, freaking. Yeah. Dolce and Gabbana sunglasses. <laughs> that a boy. Yeah. yeah. Hell now. Like, spend, yeah. It's like, I'll spend, yeah. I'll spend more on sunglasses, you know, like every year, like, every, you know, anytime I go to Disney or something like that, I'm always, always just buying like a new pair of sunglasses. Dude. And so it's just changing that perspective around like, yeah. around how they think about it. Um, and then, yeah, trying to connect with things that like, you know, when it comes to libertarian stuff, it's like, okay, what are the things that you actually care about? Like, what are the things that, you know, like, that means something to you. Um, what are your values, and like, what, like, how does this fit into it? Because guess what, mm-hmm. whatever your pursuits are, as long as they are not, you know, harming other people or taking their stuff, like yeah. we're all in for it. We're free, we're, yeah, we're right it. behind you. We're like hell yeah, let's go. Uh,
2: that, yeah. And so yeah, just finding finding people where they are, dude. A huge takeaway in that for me. Not only just finding what you said matching the value of what matters to them to, to what we have to offer. But it's sort of breaking down that wall of what they're making the comparisons off of. I, we, we did yeah. this yesterday. I, I got into it online with some commie that not, well, didn't get on into it. I just was basically telling her the truth. And what the reality was is she's like, I don't understand what, why people would hate Medicare for all and yada, yada. And, and, and so when you, offer a very so the problem was is they kept even though i was offering better solutions they kept coming back to it's either your current yeah. system or this and i'm like no 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 this is something totally different and that's that that's my huge takeaway for you uh, about what you said about the knives is that no you're comparing this price tag to what you're currently getting. And we're talking about two very, very different things. So allow me the yeah. opportunity to show you those differences that's, in value.
1: And I think that right there is a big thing. <clears throat> so many people are stuck in this this binary thinking yeah. in so many different ways that they don't think about, where they do think it's oh, I like it is either this or this. And part of the great philosophy of it's all just made up. Anybody can write a book is just like, yeah. no, like there's, there's literally like, there's those two roads there's that infinites. you look at yeah. and that you think about. And then like, you can just walk on the grass.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, just walk and, on and get it That's, like breaking, breaking
1: that pattern in people's head though, can be a, a bit of a, a bit of a, what, assing. what,
2: but what a great statement to Clothes on there, because uh, I know you got a flight to make, my man. I'm so no, grateful actually, for the time. Here's the
1: thing: I'll do. Let you know if you if you want to keep going, I can keep going because it's snowing in Dallas, so I'm staying in. the Oh. Of the
2: week. Oh, you're <laughs> staying for the weekend. Well, dude, yeah, I, I yeah. just, it was, it's still a perfect place to close uh, yeah. because but, that, uh, that hey, but I, not- dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have you back on. We, we maybe co host or something like that. I don't <laughs> know, man. I, I could talk to you for ages, but that, that oh, idea God. that there are two roads that, that split and you must choose one. No, you can walk in the grass. That is what a great, reframing moment. Um have you ever read uh Pitch Anything by Warren Claff? I think I have uh bought that book and it sat
1: on my bookshelf. So okay, but I, 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 I have so many. But, but hey, man. dude, he 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 yeah.
2: is he is a big like top-tier pitch man. He goes in one-on-one with executives and pitches and he's like when people aren't listening uh he tells the story of how he took an apple out of the one dude he's trying to pitch his hand and ate it right in front of him (laughs) and like just to just to sort of shift
1: that pattern man just to break
2: the pattern that is a powerful pattern breaker. If you can tell that story of like, no, look, you're looking at these two roads, and you think you have to go down one, but what I'm saying is, walk in the grass. It's it's a better option. That's that, bro. I fucking love that. We we <laughs> gotta that. we gotta end there. That like, right, right? I I'll go back to my cut coaching. Write that down. Uh, write that down. So, well, brother, what is uh, what any final thoughts uh before we get out of here? Um. Man,
1: I I don't think so. I'm just uh, yeah, happy to do this. This is my first ever uh, podcast appearance.
2: Uh, Have so this man on your happy, podcast. Happy to happy to to be on <coughs> and, uh, and
1: and make this maiden voyage uh, here
2: with uh, with a fellow Kako guy. So yeah, yeah. my yeah, brother Forrest, you know, mommy in you're the chat. Be in Reno, for- right. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in Reno uh, at yeah. this time. I am still uh, running for LNC. Uh, it's gonna take uh, the the. Well, listen, yeah, yeah. Listen, okay. I, I I will I will say exactly what Dave Smith says about running for president. I have no interest in doing this. I'm <laughs> doing it because. I feel obligated to, uh, and so if if enough good people come along and I'm like yeah. they are qualified to do this, I will happily not run for at large. But uh, you, you know, until vote, so. <clears throat> thank you, brother. Yeah, until until that happens. But yeah, I will I will be in Reno. Uh, I'm gonna be at the LP Alabama convention in Dothan with freaking Afro Man. Uh, which is cool as shit. Uh, if you don't know, Afro Man, he's like the uh, the forty five and two zigzags guy, and the because I got high, uh, he's he's gonna be at their convention, which is pretty dope. Um, so yeah, uh, all right, brother. Well, let's sign off out of here. It's been a ton of fun. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Until then, heck yeah, s- sell some liberty. Adios.
0: Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at bryannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at show.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at liberty and consider donating to the show at bryannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nittles Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Trust the experts. We're all in this together. If it saves one life. Raise your hand if you've heard any of those tiresome phrases over the past year and a half. I know my hand is currently raised. Millions of people across dozens of industries were labeled Unessential and forced to lock down with livelihoods and futures crushed in an instant. And as government has continued to expand its power and leverage fear to turn neighbor against neighbor, a group of filmmakers have taken a stand and are determined to help set the record straight on the importance of following the actual science of the pandemic. Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty from the Sound Mind Trader Group is a brand new docu-series highlighting the stories of those negatively impacted over the past year and a half by ineffective government policies enacted in the name of following the science. With noted experts like Nick Hudson from Panda, the Pandemic Data and Analytics Organization, healthcare policy advisors like Scott Atlas, and telling the stories of business owners, families, and just your average, everyday person harmed by these government mandates, Follow the Science on Lockdowns and Liberty is giving us a chance to make sure the true stories of the pandemic are told. So, please help us at The Brian Nichols Show in supporting the Sound Mind Creative Group. With noted figures in the Liberty Movement like Dr. Tom Woods donating thousands of their own dollars to this project, you know just how important this project is. So head to briannickleshow. dot forward slash follow the science to donate and catch their brand new trailer to the docu series one more time. That's briannickleshow. dot com forward slash follow the science.